Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome in the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Make sure to check out FiveReasonsSports.com. New columns this week from Nikias Duncan, his launching pad, and also Guts Check by Greg Sylvander. Very personal column on there from Greg. Also, check out our YouTube channel. I don't mention this much, but we're starting to build that thing out a little bit. We've got original programming. I just threw three locker room videos, a heat locker room videos up on the YouTube channel. It's really easy to find. Just type in Five on the Floor on YouTube. We're up to 2,500 subscribers and we're building that thing out very quickly. Before we get to today's all doom and gloom episode, I want to brighten your day a little bit by telling you about one of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, Cervani Men's Custom Clothier. If it's frustrating to shop for dress clothes, you can never seem to find the right fit, color, or style. Maybe you feel like you never know what to wear or how to wear it. You've got a wedding, a special event coming up, or you just wear professional attire daily. You've got to go see Blanco over at Cervani Men's Custom Clothier that's in South Miami, her private showroom located right across from Sunset Place on Red Road. It's right above Shula's 357. Cervani has been designing fine custom-made clothing in South Miami for over 30 years. Your custom-made suits, pants, shirts, and shoes will fit you just the way you like. So schedule a private consultation with Blanca to start looking your best and get the benefit of a female's perspective on men's fashion. Give her a call at 305-310-2085. That's 305-310-2085. People were just chanting for Blanca there in the background. Nothing fits like custom tailor clothes. Stop buying off the rack. Stop fretting. We've got a new episode coming out. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sidney, a.k.a. Alf. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back here from American Airlines Arena. We're in a closet uh, or something like it. I don't know what this was. This was like an extra Timberwolves dressing room. I think because they have a female coach. I think that might be why they did this, actually. I believe they they provide a, a private area here. Anyway, everybody's gone. Um, this doesn't feel at all like it felt here Saturday night when Dwayne Wade got his number retired. Instead, uh, the Heat just retired uh, with about three and a half minutes left, 3.59 to be exact, up 13, second straight horrible loss with a big lead in the fourth quarter. They led by 19 in Cleveland. They lost. They led by 13 with four minutes left tonight. They've lost. Third loss against a team with 15 or fewer wins this season since the All-Star break. Three of these since the All-Star break, Atlanta, Cleveland, and Minnesota. We did a, a podcast. I'm here with Alex Toledo. We did a podcast the other day. Okay, is time to hit the panic alarm. 
I think this one is, are we at rock bottom? Because I, I don't really know how it can get worse. And I feel grateful that the Heat built up this cushion early in the season with, of interest so that people actually care about us dissecting them right now. Because right now, this is not a team that's fun to watch. Um, what symbolized this game to Alex and I tonight, and we were sitting there on press row and watching, was when late in the game, after Spolster finally put Bam and Butler back in there together, he made three for three defensive offensive substitutions. Dragic, Nunn, and Robinson on offense, Iguodala, Crowder, DJJ on defense. And although I didn't disagree with the substitutions, it tells you he knows about his team, what we've been saying about his team, that they have all one-dimensional players except Bam and Jimmy. And when Bam and Jimmy are not great, this team does not win. Alex. Honestly, uh, you're 100% right on that. And it, it was interesting because it absolutely does show you that Spo knows what he has. He, he knows that this team is full of guys that are pretty much heavily leaning, leaning towards being one-way players, right? Like, you know, Iguodala and Crowder occasionally giving some stuff on offense, but they're mostly defense guys at this point, just like Derrick Jones Jr. is. And I think at this point, it's just like, He's trying to figure it out, right? I think that situation at the end was very was a very specific one for him to make that type of move because it was literally like, okay, now we have one possession left on defense. So it's an obvious uh, way to do it there. But at the same time, it's like, what do you where are they now, right? They were we expected Spo to do a little bit of tinkering with these lineups now, but now they're just kind of in this state of limbo, like, oh, we, we just can't beat these terrible teams, even when they're hurt, even when the heat are not hurt, like it doesn't matter at this point. It's just gotten they're in a limbo. I, I'm I'm completely flabbergasted by it that they were able to you know drop another one of these leads after being up by 12 with four minutes left, and just a Minnesota team without well, Carl Anthony Towns. It's only won 15 games with him. I just don't even know how to explain this. What have you ever seen a slump like this before? Um, I mean, I've seen teams go through slumps. I've seen Heat teams go through slumps, but I, I think what we found with this team was that there was a certain particular kind of chemistry that they built, uh, which was based on perfection to a certain degree. Like the way the ball was popping early in the season, the way that Jimmy was leading, the way that you saw some of these young players kind of coming to the forefront and, and really sort of grabbing their roles. And I think what we've seen is that they don't handle adversity particularly well. Um, and that's not uncommon for a new team. And this is a, a new team and with a lot of young players who have, haven't had a ton of experience, a lot of flawed players. But what we're finding is they're struggling to kind of find their roles now. And when one little thing goes wrong, Dragic spoke to this in the locker room. And look, Goran's not blameless either. I mean, offensively, he was great tonight in the first half, kind of gave helped give them the lead. But then again, you know, two turnovers and critical stretches in the, in the second half. Jimmy had three turnovers. He blamed himself for those. I, I give him credit for taking responsibility. But Goran said in the locker room afterwards, he's like, it's like we just have a couple bad minutes and all of a sudden it's an 8-0 run. And they can't seem to get themselves back together. Now, I do think that these, the changes and the rotation have had something to do with it. I do think that a couple guys being out has had something to do with it. And again, they just got Jimmy back. Um, you know, they haven't had Hero. I'm hearing that's going to be a little longer now. Um, you know, I think they miss his balls at the end of the game. Let's just be honest. He's one guy who looks like he wants to make a play there. I don't think they have enough of those guys. They do stuff with the ball. Right, and guys who want to. Yeah. And I do think they're missing Myers Leonard from kind of a communication. And he was doing a lot of little things that didn't get a ton of credit that I think they've missed. But 
the, but the reality is um, that they are a team that, like Alex said, has a lot of one-dimensional guys. And so, you know, if they're forcing things on the other end that they're not good at, you're going to have a problem. And, and again, we saw it the other night where Alf and I were talking about this against Cleveland, where he did the offense-defense substitution with Duncan and, and Iguodala, but Iguodala ended up being in for the offensive possession and taking an ill-advised shot. This is where they are. Um, we're going to have to talk about Iguodala a little bit. I think we've come to that point. <laughs> okay. Jay Crowder um, regressed a little bit back to the mean today, which is expected. One of seven from three. It's going to happen. I mean, that happens all the time uh, where, where you have a player who doesn't shoot particularly well. But I do think his number is going to come down a little bit overall. But, but I think what we've seen is, you know, Spolster with the way he's coached this year has told you what he thinks of certain players on his team. And I think he's gotten to the point with certain guys defensively that he just doesn't trust them. He doesn't trust Dragic, Nunn, and Robinson in those situations. He wasn't really trusting Hero. He doesn't, tru- he doesn't trust Olenek. We saw him get just 16 minutes tonight, even though he started and made, and made all four of his shots, including three threes. So there's just certain guys he doesn't trust. And there's other guys we know can't create offensively, right? Um, Crowder's not a creator. Iguodala's not a creator. DJJ's not a creator. I kind of want to harp on that. I was literally thinking about this as you were talking. I think this is kind of something that we haven't really talked about much. Their secondary ball handling without Hero it's just been eye-opening because Goron can't create anything anymore, especially like in the fourth quarter when things start to get tight. It's like Goron can't get to the rim by himself. He's having trouble creating in the pick and roll, which looks smooth throughout the game whenever it's with Bam, whenever it's with Derrick Jones Jr., who was making stuff happen as a role man with Goron earlier in the game. And then at the other, the other end, like you have Kendrick Nunn, who can't really create for himself either. Unless he's on the floor with Jimmy, that's how he really thrives. He thrives playing off of Jimmy and, you know, getting easy buckets that uh, as a pull-up threat from the mid-range or from three. But he's not a creator. I think Hero is more of a creator than him, even at 19. Even though he's not a point guard, Hero is just naturally better with the ball. I think has a better feel for the game, is more shifty with the ball in his hands. And I think they've been missing that because when Jimmy is their only creator and, you know, Bam has these stretches where even though he's been, like, he's obviously looked to score way more this season than last season. He's made great strides, as we talked about. In the fourth quarter... And in the tight stretches down the end of the game, it's like he doesn't even look at the basket. It's what we were talking about at the beginning of the season. He reverts back to being that guy, and that's something he's got to fix, right? It's obviously not all on him at all because he's one of the only good defenders. He thinks of himself as a role role guy, and I think that's the issue here. Let's do some things rapid fire. I want to go through a few things with you. Um, So let's try to come up with fixes for these things, okay? The minutes that Bam and Jimmy are not playing, where Spoken pulls them both off the floor. We got away from this from two games because Jimmy didn't play. But those minutes are awful. They're awful. And like you said, without Hero, I I mean, am I right or am I wrong? Spolster has to avoid that completely until Tyler's back. They they should never both be off the floor at the same time. I pretty much agree. Like, if you're going to do it, it has to be absolutely minimal. It has to be just because of the rotations and the way they're shaking out. But if Hero isn't out there, I think the way that the bench unit is going to function really well is when Hero is out there next to Iguodala, Crowder, and Goron in the bench unit. I think all of those guys together is a functioning bench unit. But without Hero, it's just the, the, the playmaking just isn't there, especially down the stretch of a game. They should not. They have to be staggering those guys at this point. All right. Andre Iguodala, who tonight, I'm going to look at the plus-minus numbers. Uh, and again, one, one game sample size, but he was worst on the team again, uh, minus 13. And that's with him making all three of his shots in 20 minutes. Um, didn't give me anything else in the stat sheet. Three turnovers, um, three of the Heat's 21 turnovers. 
But again, he continues to be their worst minus player the past few games. Is Andre Iguodala, or we're going to look back at him as being, maybe he's another year on his contract. Are we going to look back on him on being Ray Allen, who the Heat was able to squeeze productivity out of, end of his career? Gary Payton, who was also a two year guy, who the Heat was able to squeeze some moments out of, right? Or is it going to be Mike Bibby, who was freshly squeezed and tossed out before he got here? Which is it going to be? Allen, Payton, or Bibby? So I think I've kind of come down on this as I think he's Payton in the regular season, and we're hoping the, the belief is that he's going to be Allen in the playoffs. Because at this point, I think that's, that's the perspective that I think the team was looking at when they acquired him. It's just another guy that's going to really help solidify things in the playoffs. I think people are kind of freaking out a little bit too hard over him, man. Like, he just came back. Again, all the stuff that we've been saying over and over again, he did. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. You know, since June, he's still getting back into game shape. But even more than that, it's like, what? he wasn't going to come in here and score. He wasn't going to come in here and be their backup point guard. He came over here to be a role player on their second unit. Like, I don't know what type of production people expected from him. When, like, if you watched him last year for the Warriors, he's putting up five points a game, obviously playing uh, behind Durant and Curry and Clay, But at the same time, he's not that guy anymore. He's a nice, solid role player who you want in your playoff rotation. And I think that's when you really evaluate him. You have to hope that he really steps it up a notch in the playoffs. All right, you're going to have to help me out with this one. Um, I've watched a lot of NBA ball. I've covered the league since 1996. What year are you born? Okay, so I've covered it since the year you were born. Um, I was watching this Minnesota team take the court tonight, and I will tell you that five of the ten guys I'd never heard of. <laughs> okay, so you're going to help me out a little bit. Okay, I know who Josh Okogi is. I know who Juancho Hernan Gomez is, although I'm not really sure which Hernan Gomez that is because there are multiple. That was the one on the Nuggets. All right, so there are, there are multiple Hernan Gomez's, just like there are multiple Plumleys. I know who Malik Beasley is, excuse me, even though the Denver Nuggets didn't because they barely played him before they moved him. And I know who D'Angelo Russell is, and I know who James Johnson is. By the way, J.J. got like no ovation, but no booze tonight. It's like he wasn't even here. Uh, 11 points, and I apologize for voice, 11 points, five rebounds, four assists, and excuse me, six fouls. Bloodsport used up all the fouls tonight. Could you please, um, in one sense or less, tell me who these guys are? Nas Reed. Nas Reed, the only reason I know who he is because I saw him ball out in Summer League. Where is he from? I mean, I have no clue. I just know that Minnesota really likes him. Jake Lehman. Oh, I know who he was. He used to play for the Blazers. He's, he's one of those uh, Pat Connaughton-like athletic white guys who can shoot and who can really jump. 
Okay, he was over three nine. Jarrett Culver. Oh, I know who Jared Culver is. That's a guy that all of basketball draft Twitter said it was better than R.J. Barrett before the draft. But, uh, you know, he's a defensive guy. He was four of nine from the field. Keelan Morton. You see, that guy I've literally never <laughs> heard of. I saw him playing out there, and I'm like, wow, this guy's pretty athletic, kind of stocky, kind of big for a wing. Uh, no, I literally had never heard of him before. He had 11 tonight. <laughs> In 19 minutes. I mean, this is pathetic. Jordan McLaughlin. The only reason I know who he is is because I think he played in the last game versus the Heat, and every time I've caught the Timberwolves playing, I've seen him do some stuff. He's kind of athletic. He looks like Kendall Marshall, but with athleticism. Kendall Marshall with athleticism was a plus 20 tonight in 21 minutes, four, four of five from the field, game winner, three of four from the line, two of three from three, three steals and five assists. I mean, Jordan McLaughlin, I mean, Jordan McLaughlin, if he played the full minutes tonight, would have had a triple-double. At a plus 40, this is what the Heat lost to. Uh, gave up 52% from the field, 37% from three. By the way, that's consistent now. Team, teams are consistently shooting 35% or better from three against the Heat. That's been happening a lot. Quick interruption. That's something that's probably has a lot to do with the defensive woes because they have been hemorrhaging threes. This is something that Giancarlo Navas and Heat Beat has been saying since the beginning of the season is that just like the Raptors and Bucks. They give up a lot of threes, except that he are nearly as good as the defensive team as the Raptors and Bucks are at, in every other aspect of the floor. And they were, other teams were missing threes, despite the fact that they were getting so many attempts against the Heat, and now it's gone back the other way, which is a problem. No, it's a problem that they can't find a way to correct, and it's the way, look, three point, the three-point ball is the way for bad teams to stay in games. Like, if it, it is made, it, these types of, these, these comebacks, everybody's just say, well, get up 20 in the NBA, it doesn't matter. But now it really doesn't matter because it, it is really just about another team getting hot from three. And I'm watching some of the Heat's closeouts tonight, and even Spolster acknowledged this. I mean, Spolster was, I thought, a little more positive tonight than I was expecting. He said, right? I mean, he, he was like, well, at least we can get the leads. I mean, he wasn't diminishing it. I don't, I don't want to give that impression. I think I did on Twitter. He wasn't diminishing it, but he's saying we know we're capable because we get the double-digit leads, but we can't hold them. Um, but, yeah, they lost tonight to Keelan Martin. They gave up off the bench. Uh, J- uh, Layman, Culver, Martin, and McLaughlin, not even including James Johnson, uh, gave the Heat tonight uh, 38 points off the bench on 50% shooting. Um, I mean, I don't even know what to say. I mean, I, I mean, no towns. Obviously, Wiggins is gone. I mean, he was the guy who beat you the first game. This is pathetic. I, I, it's pathetic. And, I, and it's, it's frustrating because, I mean, the Heat are basically regressing to the team I thought they'd be at the beginning of the season, but it's the way that they're crashing. Like, we can talk about seeding, and we, we're going to do that a little bit here after the break, but this isn't about seeding. Like, they don't look like a playoff team right now, and that, and that needs to change. All right, here's uh, one of our great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm, if you need somebody to represent you for just about anything, whether it's personal injury, slip and fall, traffic tickets, immigration, Sports law, they handle everything at the Seltzer Mayberg Law Firm. They're based right there in North Miami, right before the Golden Glades. Just give them a call at onecalllegal.com. They just handled traffic ticket for a friend of mine yesterday. So give them a call at onecalllegal.com, O-N-E, calllegal.com. All right, um, before we get to our new segment, which is called You Have the Floor, which we're going to engage some people from Facebook and Twitter, uh, let's talk about the seating thing just for a second, Alex. Indiana still really hasn't gotten itself right. Philadelphia is without Simmons indefinitely with a back injury. And now Embiid has another injury, right? I mean, that guy, sprained shoulder. Um, I mean, he, Embiid, Kyrie Irving always pick the under on 60 games. Um, so 
basically the only thing that's keeping the heat together here is that Philly is physically falling apart. All right. And so the heat have no excuses for this, but I almost feel like a lot of our sort of hemming and hawing is going to be kind of meaningless because they're going to end up in the same damn matchup that it's looked like for the past three, four weeks, which is Philly, Miami, because they ain't catching Boston. Jason Tatum is another kind of beast right now. They're not catching Toronto, not playing like this. So they're going to end up in a four or five. It's just that they're going to have a four or five with five or six fewer wins than look like they were going to have as is Philadelphia, right? Like are we, I don't want to downplay everything else we're talking about, but isn't that what it's, isn't that why maybe Spolster is not panicking? I think you're hundred percent right. I, uh, you know, I know that the players and the and Spo is definitely upset with the day-to-day stuff with this slump where they're just constantly losing to bad teams. But of course, like what you're saying is true. You go down to the big picture and it's the four or five seed versus the Philadelphia 76ers. And at this point, it's just about securing home court. Because you know that both teams have been very good at home. When I'm talking about the Heat and the Sixers, and both teams have been bad on the road. The Sixers have been even worse on the road than the Heat, by the way. They have just been abysmal. So I think it's very important at this point that they finish with the fourth seed. Because I'm not, like, even with as much as they've beaten the Sixers and as much as I've changed my mind on that matchup, I just don't want the Heat to start off in Philadelphia. I don't think that's the way for them to go if they really want to go into the second round to go get uh, destroyed by the Bucks. Right. So, I mean, that's, that's why I don't want to make too much of this, but I mean, if we do look back and they end up losing home court by a game, we know what Heat fans are going to do and they're right to do it. Atlanta, Cleveland, Minnesota, Atlanta, Cleveland, Minnesota, Washington. Washington. Well, that was early in the season. I, I'm not going to, you know what? That, that Washington team has beaten people. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. No, that was no, <laughs> I understand. Was Garrison I, I understand it was Garrison Matthews, but Ish Smith. okay. I've heard of Ish Smith. All right. I've heard of Ish Smith. Build a career off of killing the heat. I don't know who the bleep Jordan McLaughlin is. I have no idea. He made you learn to kill it. My God, what a talent. I mean, we're six. So the the first six that's going to be hung from the rafters here is not going to be Rio or LeBron. It's going to be Jordan McLaughlin. Um, or not even Eddie Jones. That they retired Jordan. They just have to respect him. They've got to respect him for what he did to them tonight. I'm surprised we didn't get a little Jacob Evans, Jalen Noel, and Jared Vanderbilt. They got coaches' decisions tonight. All right, last thing we're going to do here on the podcast. We took care of Twitter in the last episode. Alf and I did our last angry episode. But we realized that there are a lot of people who are on Facebook who are not on Twitter. Like, I didn't know that there were these distinct groups that hated each other. Um there's not a ton of crossover, I guess. So, anyway, I've been engaging a little bit with some of the Heat Facebook groups. We're going to be bipartisan. We're right down the middle. So, yeah, right. We're moderate like Michael Bloomberg. So, we, we'll play, play both sides. Oh, well, we're, we're not going to throw money at the problem. Um, here, I'm just, I can't do that. He's a fellow Hopkins alum. Um, and he bought all the buildings at Hopkins. So, every, every building that I studied in in college was basically a Michael Bloomberg building. Uh, but anyway... We're going to get to some comments. We, we had the, the look, I don't even want to get to the worst Twitter comments tonight because there was this idiot on Twitter who basically was going at me because he said Jimmy Butler owed him an explanation for why he's missed because he's a season ticket holder. When Jimmy Butler missed one game because of a personal issue, which I'm not going to disclose here. Okay, let Jimmy do it. It's his right. It's his life. Um, and he missed one game, one home game, and that was the home game that Dwayne Wade's number was retired and the Heat won by 20. So this guy was talking about how he didn't get his fair market value for his ticket. I don't want to hear that. All right, so we're not even going to get into Twitter tonight. Twitter, you're banned for the night. We're going to go to Facebook. Uh, Miami, Miami Heat Source Destination is one of about 15 Heat Facebook groups. Um, I'm on there from time to time. They've got about 4,000, 5,000 members. I'm going to pick a comment for Miami Heat Source Destination. You want to pick one? We've got that. They had their live thread that they did tonight. 
Um, you want to pick this one? We can't defend shit. Is that that a good one? I mean, that's definitely accurate. <laughs> uh, this one, this is from Morton Glasser. Unthinkable, unbelievable, unimaginable, unimaginable. Uh, this that's one, this one from Mark Gay. Doggone it! We got to fix this. At least that's polite. Don't make me curse. Let's see. Jonathan Hutchinson, Bam couldn't protect the rim on a five foot eleven G League player. How tall is Jordan McLaughlin? Probably like six three, six four. Well, his numbers going up on the rafters. We better learn. Um, and then this one, I think we'll finish with this. Nicholas Dwork Dwarika. I love it. We suck. What's that? Hold on. Go ahead. I found another one. <laughs> yes. I found another one from somebody named Ab M. We need to cut that giant piece of walking garbage from our team. I'm referring to Butler. Oh my God. <laughs> This is why we don't allow calls on the show. We do not endorse that comment. <laughs> we do not agree with that comment. We would have taken That's I, – I, but this is serious. So are we going to agree Facebook is worse than Twitter? Look, man, I, don't, I haven't even looked at Twitter tonight since the loss because I knew it was going to burn down to the ground. I don't need all those negative feelings right now. Yeah, we're going to make it more positive. The Heat are going to be competitive against Dallas, right? Is, is, uh, is Luca playing? I don't know, but you already know they're going to play up to the competition, so I'm not even worried about that. Yeah. They're not a 15-win team, so they're going to win. They'll, they'll probably play better. All right, hopefully things will get better. Um, we don't want to be so negative on the podcast, but we weren't even expecting to pod tonight because we thought this was a win and we had something set up for tomorrow. Uh, we'll probably podcast tomorrow as well. Ethan Skolnick, Alex Toledo. It can't get worse. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network.